Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with Kara DeGastine, wife of one of our beloved Christian studies teachers, Mr. Aaron DeGastine. I also happen to live with Kara in college and currently go to church with the DeGastines, so this is a special treat for me getting to interview one of my very, very good friends. Today, Kara will be talking to us about her experience as a child being removed from her home and how the church stepped up in a big way to help raise her and her siblings. Kara, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Of course. So for those who don't have the great privilege of knowing you like I do, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I am married to Erin DeGastine and we have a daughter, Millie, and we are expecting our second child. Hopefully we'll be here sometime in October. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I grew, Erin and I both actually grew up in Southwest Virginia, but we live in Leesburg now and go to church there. I, I work in the healthcare field and also work in Leesburg. Awesome. So going back to your childhood, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like for you growing up um, and your family situation? Yeah. So I have, just to give a little background, I have five siblings. I have two older brothers, two younger brothers, and a sweet little sister. Growing up, my mom tried to raise us knowing the truth about Jesus We were in church every Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, My parents even served in different ministries of the church growing up. But um, unfortunately, there was a lot of brokenness in both of my parents' lives. And that resulted in sin and selfish decisions. So many of those sins were unrepentant and they were hidden. And I think as we probably all know, unrepentant sin leads down paths that just take us a lot further than we want to go. So with that... Brokenness just entered into my family um, in an effort to relieve the pain and quiet the hardships. It brought addiction and abandonment, anger, and even substance abuse into my family. Mm, Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about that situation, how it worsened, and then what happened next in you all being ended up being removed from the home. So kind of how did that come about happening and and what was the circumstances surrounding that? Yeah. So things were actually hidden for quite a few years um, and things just continued just to get worse um, at home. Um, So eventually social services was called and child protective services came in. So we were actually removed from the home and they deemed that the situation, the home life was not safe and that it wasn't good for us to be there anymore. Mm. Yeah. And was that mostly like just neglect because of the substance abuse yes. issues? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. So you and all of your siblings, correct, ended up because of CPS coming, being removed from the home. And um, what happened then? I mean, normally children in that scenario are put into foster care, correct? Yep. That's, that's right. Um, so yeah, normally we would go into foster care, but we had just been attending um, a Bible-believing church six months prior. We had started going to the Christian school that they had there. Um, although we were really behind in our education at that point. So we had just been attending there, didn't really know them that well, but we were getting to know them. Once they caught wind of what was going on in our situation, they actually offered up us living with different families in the church. Very short notice. Um, I think we spent like one night with our grandparents. And then the next day we went and lived with different families from the church. So 
yeah, these families took us in not knowing how long we would be with them. They weren't being paid for this by any means. And yeah, they provided us physical care. I mean, a bed to sleep in and food to eat. Uh, But most importantly, they provided us with the emotional support and care and spiritual support that we needed to walk through this hardship um, that life had brought us. So, Mm, Wow, that's amazing to hear because what a great picture of what a church family really should be, right? Really should be a family. Absolutely. I think so often that's missed. Can you tell us a little bit more specifically about that situation? So how were your siblings? Were you split up? Were you kept together? And then can you tell me a little bit more about the family you ended up staying with and what that experience was like? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, yeah, in foster care, normally we would be split up um, all since there's six of us, we would have all been split up in different homes, most likely. But thankfully, my two older brothers got to be together. My two younger brothers got to be together. And my sister and I got to be together. That's great. So So none of you are like, I feel totally alone and isolated. Exactly. So we all got to be um, at least have one sibling with us to like walk through this new situation with. And yeah, we would get to see each other at school too and get to see each other at church. They even organized um, visitations with our parents after church. And these families would wait after church for us to be able to like see our parents and see each other, um, get to spend some time with each other during that. So yeah, Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And then um, the family you were staying with, what was that like? So all the, the families that took us in, I mean, they were from all different walks of life. The family that Hope and I, my sister, got to stay with, her name was Miss Sherry. She's a single mom, and she had a son in middle school at the time and a daughter in high school. So I was 10, and my sister was 3. So it's quite like a a big age range there Mm -hmm. for her to take care of us. But um, she opened up her home to us, and yeah, she's like one of the biggest impacts on my life, Um, one of the biggest influences. She walked through some really tough times with me. Whenever I was feeling down or discouraged or angry, um, she was willing to sit down with me and talk with me, you know, find out what the root problem of, you know, the anger or discouragement was, and even shared a lot of her own experiences with me that were very similar to some of the things that I had gone through as well. So she was actually even there when I received Christ um, Mm. and was a, a big impact on my discipleship and how I continued to grow in Christ. And so I will forever be um, thankful for her. Wow, that's amazing. Go Miss Sherry, right? Doing the Lord's work. That is awesome. (laughs) That is so awesome to hear. So, you know, you mentioned sort of dealing with, um, I think you said anger, maybe resentment. Can you tell Mm. us a little bit more like I think most of us hopefully haven't been in that situation where we're taken away from our family and sort of grafted into a new family. What were the emotions there, both good and bad, as just, I think you said, a 10-year-old ten-year-old girl at the time? Um, What was that like for you emotionally? And then as an adult looking back, having processed that emotion? Yeah, well, I think at first, um, I think when I first realized that we were going to be living with different families and we didn't either know them or know them very well. It was kind of a shock to me as a 10-year-old. Um, yeah. I'm leaving everything that I've known. Um, even though it wasn't a great situation, it was still everything that I knew. And like I said, we were uh, we were homeschooled before too, so we didn't even really have a lot of friends outside of our recent exposure to you know this new church. But actually, it took me just a couple of days to readjust um, with being with Miss Sherry to realize, oh, like this is... Like she's not, she's not going anywhere and mm. I think I can trust her. Yeah. Um, which I think is kind of quick, but 
pretty soon, um, I felt a lot of anger and bitterness towards the situation, realizing what I had just gone through and was continuing to go through and actually dealt with a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness towards my parents, but especially my mom in my later teen years. Mm -hmm. And so actually later on, so we lived with um, the different families for 18 months in the first stretch. And then a few years later, my mom agreed to go to a Christian rehabilitation center in a different state. And so some of those same families took us back in for another nine months. So Miss Sherry actually took us back, took me back in. And during that time, it was um, a great time of growth for me, but she was the one that really pointed out to me the bitterness that I was holding on to, mm. was so focused on the brokenness and the hurt that had been done to me by my parents that I didn't realize that I was broken as well. Mm. And the sin and the brokenness that was just taking over my heart. So I'm thankful for her influence and that she was willing to lovingly point that out to me. And she even helped walk me through, hey, how do we how do we fight this sin? How do we battle this? And obviously there's going to be moments that we're angry and it's not always wrong to be angry, but how do we not hold on to that? Yeah. And how do we choose to move forward and forgive like Christ forgave me. Mm. Um, so that was like a big turning point for me in my Christian walk was learning forgiveness and yeah. just even seeing how gentle and patient God was with me to learn that when I didn't deserve his forgiveness at all. He showed me, showed me how to forgive. So Wow. Yeah. Well, that's huge. It sounds like you know, you were so impacted by the church stepping up in that way, and particularly Miss Sherry really showing Christ to you through being there for you and walking you through that season of bitterness and into a season of forgiveness. Looking back as an adult, do you see that as a really pivotal moment in your life and in your faith walk? And how do you think it's impacted you even today? Or is that still impacting you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a thing I look back to a lot just to reflect mm. and to see the changes that have happened in my life. I mean, not only salvation, and I think a huge part of my discipleship happened during that time. It, it definitely has impacted me as an adult as well. I mean, it makes me want to be involved in foster care at some point. Mm. And then even just with that, being willing to say yes to God whenever he asks me to do something just like those families did. Mm. They said yes, just very quickly and yeah. not knowing exactly what all it was going to entail. They didn't know if we were well-behaved or not well-behaved or if we had issues of our own. They they just said yes, and God used that. And so yeah. I want to be like that, be able to say yes whenever he wants me to and have my home open to those that need it just in general, whether that's you know, a family from church or somebody that just needs somewhere to be or just needs a home to feel loved in. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that so much. It's inspiring to me. Like, oh my gosh, in what areas do I need to say yes to the Lord? You know, what's he asking of me and what am I saying no to? And then with you and all your siblings, do you think that maybe that even that trauma that you experience as children changed your relationship with each other or even that the healing that was brought through the church? Like, what is your relationship like with your siblings? And how do you think you all changed and grew through that? Yeah. So it brought us a lot closer together, even being separated for a time. We ended up growing together. And I can see that we continue to still grow together, being able to look back and relate on a lot of pain that we've gone through and a lot of healing that we've gone through. But we have chosen to encourage each other and lift each other up in different ways and encourage each other to grow from this instead of 
stay where we are, which mm-hmm. I've, I think I've had several different points of my siblings pointing out to me, like, don't, don't stay there. You know, it's yeah. good to talk about it, but don't, don't, don't stay there. And from this, I think all of us have grown in Christ mm-hmm. from our experience with the church and the different families. All of us have grown in Christ. And I know me, myself, uh, my younger brother and my younger sister have all accepted Christ um, from some ministry in the church. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the greatest blessing of all to be able to share salvation with um, people that, I mean, your family, um, the people you love most. And yeah. yeah, that's something I'm really grateful for. Yeah. And then several of your siblings are even missionaries now, right? Or yeah. some kind of missions work they do. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, So four out of the six of us have committed to long-term international missions. So I have a, a couple that are on the mission field right now and a couple that are working towards that. But I, I, I think that's a lot due to how God used the church in that way as well. The, the church that took us in, they were very mission focused and very missions oriented. So I think God used that to call their hearts to that specific ministry. But I love that they're doing that. Yeah, that is so cool. And it goes back to what you said, too. It's like, because you saw the way the church stepped into your lives in a situation that was challenging in your lives, you've almost, all of you maybe have even adapted this mentality of like, I want to say yes to God in the same way. Mm. And it seems like everybody I know who is a missionary or who does these amazing things for the Lord, if you look into that, it's usually because in the past someone has shown them the Lord in their lives and been there for them in those moments. So that is really cool. Just cool to see how, yeah, as Christians, the Lord really does use us to help and inspire other people um, for his work as well. Yeah. So now you have a daughter of your own, Millie, who is oh, the most precious. And you also have another one in the, on the way. Congratulations again. Oh, um, so I don't know. How does this, how do you think that your past experience and even your experience with Sherry, how has that impacted the way that you see yourself as a mother and how you parent already in these early stages? Man, so I've been trying to reflect on this. It's such a good question, and I think I might still need more some, some more time to think <laughs> about it, too. One thing I'm really thankful for for my parents is that they still chose to keep us in church. So we still heard the truth. We were still were mm-hmm. in church every Sunday, and I think it would have been easy for them to isolate themselves going through their own battles. So I think that laid like a really good foundation for my faith, and without that there wouldn't have been the opportunity for these families to take us in either. Mm. So with that, I always want to be a part of the church, and I always want the church to be a part of my family's life, even through hard times and times that I'm tempted to isolate myself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that as a primary role of the church is helping? I don't even know the correct way of phrasing this, and I definitely don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think obviously the nuclear family is part of God's design, and it's a beautiful thing, right? Mother, father, children. But we're also you know, creatures of community. We also belong to a church family, and Christians are meant to live in fellowship with one another. So really, what role do you think the church plays in co-parenting with each other? If that question makes sense, is that part of the church's responsibility, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. Like you said, the church is a church family, right? I think we all need to be aunts and uncles to the children in the church, to our friends, kids. We need to love them like they're our own family and be there for them. I think that, yeah, that's that's huge. Um, we need people that are pursuing Christ that are intentional, consistent, and faithful, and that we need to teach the children how to seek Christ and find the answers that they're looking for because they're going to be 
looking for those answers no matter what. Mm. And even just instilling truth into them, which is probably the same thing their parents are saying, but sometimes it sounds a little bit different when it comes from an aunt or an uncle. Right. You know? Right. Totally. I know sometimes I listen to other family members that, you know, say the same thing as somebody else, but I'm like, oh no, it makes more sense when you say <laughs> yeah. it. So it's one thing if oh my mom says it, but it's another thing if like the cool college girl in church tells me, then okay, I'll take it for our truth, you know. Exactly. Um, so yeah. maybe it's just that hundredth time that it takes totally. for for it to click. And I think that's kind of how it is for um the kids in our church as well. So, I mean, I think just getting involved, I mean, most of those families, they were our Sunday school teachers or youth leaders or were involved in some way or a wanna leader. But even just getting to know the kids in your church mm-hmm. and trying to be able to invest in them more. Obviously, you can't know every single kid in your church, but I think you can know them. You can know their names, make yeah. them feel special that you know who they are. But then I think you can take a couple of them and really invest in them. And I, th- I think part of my experience, I mean, the church that I grew up in wasn't perfect by any means, but there was a handful of men and women um, and some of those that we lived with that consistently met up with teens to disciple them. My brother was even telling me the other day, he's like, during middle school and high school, I had one older man. He would meet up with me once a week. He would pick me up for breakfast. He would take me to famous Anthony's and we would talk about God's word together Mm. or talk about what was going on in my life. He would help answer my questions, help me search for those answers. Mm. And he's like, that made such a big impact on me. It's like I had a godly man in my life that would, that was willing to walk through life with me. And he was consistent. He would pick him up every Wednesday. It wasn't like at 7 a.m. So it's like, it wasn't, uh, wasn't, you know, he had to get up early to do that and everything like that. Yeah. But yeah, even Miss Sherry, I mean, she helped create patterns of discipline in my life. She helped provide accountability to know how to fight sin for me. Yeah. So I think that Miss Sherry was somebody somebody that I respect and that I trusted at that time. And I felt like I could tell anything to, and that just helped my walk tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I think we can do the same thing for the children in our church by meeting up with them, I mean, they're going to they're gonna love it, you know, yeah. most of the time. They just they just love that any attention. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it always feels good to, like, be pursued, right? Even if maybe you wouldn't say that out loud or kids don't know that, but that's what everybody wants is to be seen, known, and loved. And we say that a lot at Trinity, and that's our prayer always is that every student here knows through their teachers and their friends and faculty and staff members just that each and every one of them is seen, known, and loved. And I think that is like the ultimate longing of the human heart, even as adults. Um, and ultimately, that comes through Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm totally putting you on the spot here. But we had a women's retreat just last weekend. Yes. And um, Kara actually spoke and shared her testimony. And the first night we were talking about God's mercy and his mercy as an attribute. And you used your testimony and your story to talk about his mercy. And can you talk to us a little bit about how your experience really showed you the mercy of God as one of his attributes? Yeah. So God has shown his mercy in so many different ways and the story that he has given me But I think first off, God was merciful by physically protecting me and my siblings in the moments of abandonment and abuse and anger. He was merciful by letting me hear his word consistently growing up. And we know his word never returns void. And that has been so true in my life. He was merciful by providing a church family that barely knew us to love us and to take us in in a time of need. Mm. 
I think he was most merciful in the call to my heart, to call my heart to himself and convict me of sin and show me my need for a savior. And he does, he did this consistently by showing his love through the families that took me in and those that took time to listen and understand where I was. Um, He showed me that I didn't need to perform or be perfect to be his child. Mm -hmm. And, And he met me exactly where I was. And he wanted me to learn that he's the only one that can fill the void between him and my sin. And so even he showed so much mercy, even as I continued to walk with Christ and struggled with unforgiveness and bitterness, and he chose to forgive me and be gentle with me as I learned to forgive as well. So his mercy is just written throughout my entire story. Um, He's been so good through everything. Yeah. What a blessing to have experienced that. And then you have something to cling to, you know, in the future when mm. things get difficult, because we know life, there are always difficulties. And to know, hey, I, like I've seen his mercy so clearly in my past and I can trust him with my future yeah. um, for sure. So, Kara, listening to your story, maybe it's because Mother's Day is right around the corner, but it really sounds to me like ultimately a story of motherhood, your relationship with your own mother and and how that's complicated and also how Sherry stepped in maybe even to be a mother for you in that time when your mother couldn't be. And then you being a mother now and how that's impacting that. Can you talk to us a little bit about like what is the role of a mother? What does it mean to be a mother? That's a great question, Joe. Um, I think being a mom, a mother really is just loving on a child, a teenager, an adult, um, somebody that's younger than you and showing them the love of Christ and mm. being there for them like Christ would be f- there for you. Mm. I think he's all he's given us these instincts to love and to show this unconditional love which he which he gives to us so often. Mm. Um, yeah, he gives us that ability to to give that. So I think there's so many different stages of life where we need, different mother roles in our life, right? And it may yeah. not be our own mother. I mean, obviously we have that, um, hopefully, but, you know, it, it could be in a different a different way as well. Um, mm. So, yeah. And I think it's an encouraging thought too that even some of us, those of us who aren't mothers yet or who never will be in a biological sense that, you know, talk about God's calling. Sometimes his calling on our life is to be there for a child who maybe doesn't have a mother role in their life in that moment or who needs an additional, yeah, female in their life to to talk to them about some of these things. And I think that's just such a beautiful picture, right? Um, yeah. Biological motherhood is a beautiful thing, but yeah, we're also in some instances called to be mothers to those who are motherless even for just a season yeah that's amazing it's a beautiful part of your story um well thank you so much Kara, for joining us um i know that everyone listening will be blessed by your testimony as i've been blessed thank you um yeah thank you so much for joining us today we we really can't thank you enough thanks for having me appreciate it thanks for joining us for this episode of mind and heart a podcast by trinity christian school If you enjoyed this conversation, leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. It helps us so much. For more information, visit us at www.tcsfairfax.org.